Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. And welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. And I have to confess today, I'm not drinking coffee. I am drinking Gatorade Zero. And it's not that bad for zero grams of sugar. But I should probably have a coffee. Uh, unfortunately, neither do I have a coffee. I just have plain old water. We're just it's like health better notes today. for your kidneys. <laughs> All right. So welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. As usual, I am your host, Adam Diamond. And today I have with me Mrs. Or sorry, Miss. You're not Mrs. Yet. Not Mrs. Yet. Not we have Miss Jasmine Bentoncourt. That's right. Soon to be Mrs. Jasmine Harper. So you're taking his last name? I will, yeah. Yeah? Are you going to hyphenate at all and have a huge That's name? That's just way too long, too much of a pain. <laughs> like, could you imagine filling out forms? There's not enough space. You're trying to sign all that Jasmine, Bethencourt, hyphen, harp. Yeah. Yeah, it's too much. It's just too much. <laughs> or getting your name engraved on something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so uh, Jasmine is uh, one of our um, women interns, and she is getting married in almost three weeks now. Is it three yeah, weeks? Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, because your wedding, I think, is the same weekend that I'm performing for my stepsister. Yeah, it's July 9th. Okay. Well, not my Sabrina's stepsister, but yeah, July 9th, yeah. yeah. Well, um, if, so if you see, if you hear this and you li- you see Jasmine and you, you know, in person, you can congratulate her early or you can wait. Yeah, whatever you'd <laughs> like to do. Make her feel really awkward about it. Um, so this is part of our uh, What's Your Story series. And as you've heard, you know, we've gone through people's stories. We've been big on evangelism this month. And we just want to show how just even knowing your own story, practicing that and sharing that with people can be a real benefit and tool you can use to evangelize the people and tell them about your faith. So Jasmine, why don't you show us how e- easy it is? <laughs> sure. And um, tell us a bit about how you grew up and how you came to faith. I mean, so you're from Belize. Yeah, so that's a big uh, difference. That's a big there. difference there already. Already. Uh, I am from Belize, which is in Central America. It's by Guatemala and Mexico. Um, I've actually been on the podcast here once before, but it was a long time ago. And you were much more quiet, I think. Much more quiet, less talkative. But here I am again, so it did not scare me enough. So, uh, yeah, so what was it growing, like growing up in church in Belize? What was that like? Yeah, so I did. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, my parents were saved when I was really young. So for pretty much most of my childhood memory, uh, we were mm-hmm. going to church. And um, to be honest, I couldn't really tell you what denomination we grew up in because as far as I knew, all I was ever told was, we're evangelical. Good and enough, right? I pretty much thought that was an actual denomination Okay. Uh, most of my life. <laughs> uh, so I got here and there were all these names. And I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, Are you Baptist? Are you Pentecostal? Yeah, Are everybody you? would ask me questions like that. And I had no idea. I was just like, I, I don't know. I, I believe I, in Jesus. I go to church. I believe in Jesus. Just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, isn't that what it is? <laughs> so t- tell me, like, what was some of your earliest memories of like church in Belize? Uh, lots of singing, lots of dancing. Um, as a kid, I've always been like when I was younger, I was always the goody two shoes, like, you know, all whatever label of teacher's pet, like <laughs> answers all the sword drills, wants the teacher to like them. Like, I haven't done a sword drill forever. I, 
haven't either, actually. If you're listening, you don't know what a sword drill is. It's when you all close your Bibles in front of you and someone says a scripture passage and you try and get it the fastest, basically. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And if you get it, if you find the passage the fastest, you win. Um, so all the rule keeping, like I was the good kid. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of pretty much that's all I really knew about church was I go, they sing and I go into the kids room and we do a little lesson. We hang thing, out, yeah. we do a bit of a lesson or game or something and I win the games. Did you win all the time? I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> Very competitive. Yeah, um, cool. So when did you uh, come to faith? What was it? What was that experience like for you? Yeah. So when I sat down and, um, I really tried to think about it. Uh, I think the first time I actually really sat down to think about it was a few years ago. Um, but I really realized that it was around the age of 12. We, mm-hmm. started, we had started going to this new church. Um, and before that, if you had asked me like what I thought about myself, never would I have given any kind of indication that I thought I could do anything wrong. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was around the age of 12, though. I, I have this distinct memory of, I can't remember what I did, but I did something against my dad and I dishonored him in some way. And all I remember feeling, and it was, re- it was a really weird feeling. All I remember feeling was that I did, did, I did something bad. Like uh, that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I kept being faced with all these instances of my wrongdoings. Like, okay. Like, it was like, all of a sudden, I could see, oh, no, I'm being, like, very manipulative to my siblings, or, like, I'm doing this, or I'm, like, it, it, it almost came out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. I honestly can't tell you how that started. Um, so, kind of, like, have you ever, like, okay, so you don't really drive. No. But, you know, the vehicle, like, Ben drives. Yeah. How often do you see a vehicle like that on the road? Like, the same make or model or the same type of vehicle? Oh, you only notice it once you know what vehicle right. you're in. Right. Yeah. So, like, I mean, we've owned a Chevy Trax, and when I had the Chevy Trax, I've seen them everywhere. Now I own a Nissan Rogue. But now you see them. And I see those everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, jumping. It's like, yeah. go away. I want, I want my own vehicle. Yeah, so that's how I would describe it, right? Mm-hmm. It was just I started seeing it everywhere. All of a sudden, I started seeing all the areas where I was just mm. not this great person that I thought I was. <laughs> I was not this great kid. Like I, I had honestly convinced myself I was this great kid, but I was starting to realize, no, I'm not. Mm. Um, and I kind of remember this time in Sunday school. I was still only about 12. Um, and so they wouldn't, and I was a young 12, so they wouldn't let me join the young ad, like young adults. Okay. The like young teens. Yeah. The young yeah. teens yeah. and stuff. Um, but the Sunday school teacher, she was talking about the love of God Mm. and she was teaching from the prodigal son. And I remember sitting there and I started to think, I need to know that God, because if he says he's going to forgive me and he'll love me, I need to know who he is. And I need to go and tell him that I messed up and I need his forgiveness. That's great. I mean, that's a great passage to kind of be convicted over. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I was convicted on the pew when I heard a pastor preach about hell. So, I mean. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Matthew, I mean, Matthew Leahy, he was, he was converted, you know, after reading the book of Revelation and yeah. got the, you know, what but, scared of him. But isn't it funny though, sometimes like you, like I went to church like my whole life, mm-hmm. but, and I probably heard this story so many different times, but 
for whatever, like that was God. That's why I believe that was when God was working in my heart because mm-hmm. that was when that became real to me. Yep. Right? Before that, I'd heard the story so many so times. So many times. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm like, yeah, Jesus forgives. Yeah, God loves. But this, it was after my heart was being broken about my sinfulness and mm-hmm. about like this was personal now and yep. this was about me and I needed the love of God. Almost like, you know, yeah, you needed that. You need someone to think outside of yourself to save you, right? Yeah. You come to face to face that, wait, I'm not a good person. Yeah. I, I need saving. Yeah. Cool. That, that's, that's great. Yeah, I got saved by the Nathan Pew. Um, I was lit on some pillow. No, mom and dad's jacket. I didn't go to sleep. And I heard the pastor preach about how you need Jesus or you're going to hell. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> so <laughs> so I said the prayer. I, I prayed on the Nathan Pew, didn't tell mom and dad, went home, went to bed. Like, I didn't make a big deal of it whatsoever. Right. Did yeah, I don't think I told my parents either. Okay. Yeah, yep. I don't think I really told. I think, actually, I told one person. I went to school um, not long after, and I was waiting for my dad to pick me up. And I remember there was this guy in my class, and I started telling him. And he was like, yeah, but you've been going to church your whole life, so, like, what's the big difference? And I'm like, no, dude, there's you, a you difference. Don't, you don't understand. Like, you right? don't yeah. get it. Like, I, I can tell there's a difference, right? Yeah. I, I didn't know how to verbalize it to him. Mm-hmm. But I, and he couldn't get understand. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, but I tried telling him, and he was like, "Yeah, but you've been going to church all your life, so what's the big deal? You're serving now. Who cares?" <laughs> so you obviously don't get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ray has. I think I've told you this before, where Ray has told some of her friends about um, Jesus in, in school, and her typical thing is, "Do you believe in Jesus?" Mm-hmm. Almost every day, she's like, "Daddy, I asked someone. They said they believe in Jesus." I'm like, "Oh, really?" And this one day, one of the girls said she believed in Jesus, but she didn't believe in God. So Ray very quickly set her straight and told her Jesus was, was God. God. <laughs> I love your daughter for that. I was, I was very yeah. proud. Of, I was a very proud dad and pastor moment of that. I'm like, yes, you're, you're starting to get it. Um, so you grew up in Belize. You grew up mm-hmm. in a, sounds like a very, would it be fair to say, a fairly charismatic church? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, so kind of the same background as me, except from a different culture. Um, so what has your theological journey been like from when you, when you got saved, when you came to saving faith, so at 12 years old mm-hmm. up till now, like walk us through some of the highlights and some of the highs and lows through it from 12 until what are you like 25? I'm 23, man. 23. <laughs> it's okay. It's two years. <laughs> Maybe I'll cut that part out. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's fine. Either way. Um, yeah, so I sat down, I, th- I thought about that, right? Um, because there's a bit of gap between age 12 and... I'm so sorry, by the way. Here. I feel, I feel no. so bad. <laughs> I don't care. I get it all the time. Um, but yeah, so I was thinking about back when I was saved, because there, po- there was a period right after that where I was like determined, okay, you know what, I'm going to read this Bible and I'm going to learn about God. I'm going to be the best Christian ever. Yeah, pretty much. That was my goal. Um, so I started back in Genesis, but I had no idea how to read the Bible. Okay. And I was like, I had no plan. I didn't even think, yeah, I'll read one chapter a day or something. No, I just... Just going like, to read. I'm yeah. just going to read it. And after a certain amount of time of reading and just being like, I, I can't get this, I kind of resigned myself and said, you know what, whatever I'm going to know about God, I'm just going to learn from the church and... That's that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to trust whatever they're saying up there is it's what true. I got to yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about when I first moved here, one of my first experiences with Christianity was I started going to this Bible study um, for an on-campus group. And the thing that stood out to me the most was there wasn't someone sitting there teaching me. 
there were these people. They gave me a piece of paper that had the Book of Mark on it, and they wanted me to ask questions and tell them what I was seeing. Okay. And I was confused. You're like, I see words on a page. Yeah. Yeah. I see words on a page, and it's a story. <laughs> That's what I know. That's what I know, mm-hmm. right? Um, but here were these group of young adults, so just about my age, maybe a few, a lot of them actually a bit older than me, but um, they wanted me to interact with the Bible. Interact with the text, yeah. Yes, interact with the text. They wanted me to ask a question, and I didn't know what questions to ask. Um, and so I just remember being like mind boggled and people were sharing what they were seeing. And I was like, I got to keep coming here because I got to know how you're getting from point A to point B. Yep. yep. <laughs> right. Um, eventually I got introduced to Calvary and I kept going because of the word that was being preached. So I talked about this, uh, with one of my friends where we were like, yeah, the music's different and this is different from what we're used to back home and all these things. And I don't really know the people and they're all Canadians and I'm not from here. Can I, do I even have anything in common with them? Like, so we were talking about all these things, but we were like, yeah, but during the sermon, we're not zoning out. Like I actually feel like I'm leaving, learning things. And the things they're saying is in the text that they're preaching from. And that was what stood out to us. Okay. So we were like, we should keep going. So even though the music was different, the style of the service was different. Yeah. Because I think we actually talked about this a bit when we both first started with Mile One Mission. Yeah. So Jasmine started the same year I started. I started with a one-year internship, and you started with the summer internship. Yeah, eight weeks. Yeah, eight weeks. Um, and we talked about our struggles a bit on and off, having come from, you know, similar backgrounds and, mm-hmm. you know, Calvary, how they did the songs and the liturgy in between and yeah. other things. And <laughs> oh, we were both like, this is kind of weird and different and yeah. I'm not used to it and I don't know what to do with it. Yep. Yep. Very much so. Yeah. Um, but even while, so even while I was still here and I kept coming and I was learning, I think I, it wasn't really until after that internship Mm-hmm. That I decided, you know what, I got to read the Bible more for myself. And I actually got to figure out what I believe. Because if you had asked me before that, I think even when we met, I pretended to be very confident in the things that I thought and believed. I absolutely was not. <laughs> um, the more I prayed about it and thought about it, the more I realized that I had a real fear of the Bible. Mm. And I had a real, real fear of questioning things that I was told. Um, and because, that's a hard thing to do. And it's a really hard thing to do. And I kind of had to walk through. Um, I had to basically get to the point where I was resolved to say that if I open the scripture and if I open God's word and it says something different than what I thought I knew, then that's OK. And I got to change my beliefs. I was really terrified of having to change what I thought. Mm-hmm. I was terrified of the idea that I believe things that were not true. Um, and so because of that, I avoided the Bible a lot. And when people were talking about stuff, I just sit there like, yeah, yeah, sure. I know what I'm talking about though. You're, you're not talking from the Bible. I am. Right. But I wasn't reading it. (laughs) The irony in that. The irony. And, and all of this was happening inside of me where I knew I wasn't reading it. And I was pretending like I was confident in all these things I was saying and I wasn't. Um, but it wasn't until I really got resolved and I said, you know what, if the Bible, if I'm going to open this Bible, I'm going to have to be willing to submit to what it says. 
And so I started opening it just bit by bit. And I think a big part that influenced me was just the fact that at Calvary and the friends that I had were really patient. They And they nobody was like forcing me to believe anything. Mm-hmm. All that happened was I went to the Tuesday night ladies group and all they did was they talked about what the Bible, what God was teaching them. And they just opened scripture and shared what they were seeing. And the things they were saying was what I was seeing there too. And so I just kept being confronted with what it was, with what um, the word of God was saying. And yeah, once I resolved that, I said, whatever I learn at church or wherever, whatever people are saying, if I open this Bible and it doesn't say that, then I'm not listening to them. If I open the Bible and it agrees with what they're saying, then I got to change. So was that like your uh, deal before God? If I'm going to stay here, these people (laughs) need to speak in the truth. You need to, (laughs) I need to agree with them. I don't know. More like a deal with myself. Okay. (laughs) More like a just agreement with myself that, you know what, if God tells, like if God's word says, you have to, Jasmine, be willing (laughs) And that, that's that yeah. it's it's very refreshing to hear, um, but it's also kind of rare sometimes to be willing to wrestle with scripture, to have that you know high authority place and high view of scripture, which we should have. Mm-hmm. Um, that scripture is the authority, and but go to it and be like, okay, I'm not the authority. So if this says something that disagrees, mm-hmm. this the Bible isn't what has to change. It's something in me. Yeah, which a lot of people don't want to do, and that's a scary and thing. It, too. it was a really scary thing. And what actually helped was so my now fiance at the time boyfriend was sharing with me all these things about how yeah, um, like he was going through that process before I was. Okay, and he was just telling me about it. He didn't know that I was. Going through the same thing. Going through the same thing. And he was just telling me about how, yeah, I was reading this and it's kind of rocking like my thoughts. I don't know what to do with this, um, you know, and just watching other people around me be willing to wrestle with stuff. And then while they're wrestling through something, they're sharing with me. Right. Like they're not pretending like, oh, yeah, I'm all confident in this. They're wrestling through it themselves and then sharing with me how they're wrestling through it. And that was an encouragement to me because then it made me realize it's okay to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what kind of helped me get to that point where I was willing to to kind of struggle through stuff. Yeah, if, if, if you're listening, I mean, I hope you get that. It's okay to wrestle with scripture. I mean, you see something and either you don't understand it or it makes you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but it's God's word. So we've got to do something with it. And it's okay to take days, weeks, you know, months to wrestle over this stuff and see what God's word is actually saying and what it means for your life. And, you know, if we have patience as people become Christians and they grow more like Jesus, we also need to have that patience with ourselves when we go to the word and we allow God to speak to us from his word. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Jasmine, so most testimonies, you know, I'm sure you've had testimony services. You get up and know the Lord saved me in 1982 and... You know, he's done this much up to this point and, you know, he's good, which is all true. But part of our testimony is also what God is continually doing in our lives, even today, even the last few weeks, the last couple of years. Um, so why don't you tell us after coming to Calvary and getting in the Bible and, you know, taking that more seriously, which is fantastic stuff. What has God been doing continually in your life in just the last few, few months, few years? Yeah, so... Um Something that I've kind of been noticing is uh, one of my biggest regrets is when someone had asked me, um, why do you believe in God? And I ran far from that question. Like, I I didn't know how to answer the person. Um, I I really didn't know 
Mm-hmm. I, and I was terrified to explain because I was scared, you know, I'm going to explain it wrong and all these things. Um, but I've been noticing that um, now, especially in the past like year or two, I'm becoming a bit more, I don't want to use the word bold, but I guess bold in being willing to share with people what God is teaching me. Mm-hmm. Um, because now I'm learning, or I have been learning that it's not about what I think really, I just got to share what God is saying and that's it. Like, yep, yep. I'm, I'm not trying to tell you what I think. If you want my thoughts, they're not great. <laughs> um, they're not going to be helpful, but all I got to tell you is, okay, this is what I've been reading and this is what God is saying. Yeah. And don't be afraid of the word bold either. I mean, that's part of what the Holy Spirit does, right? True. I mean, look at, you look at Peter on, you know, the day of Pentecost and he was anything he had to be bold. Um, so what what else has God been doing in your life recently? It sounds like weird, but like I care about people more. This is something I mean, that I've been that, sharing. That's good. You're becoming more compassionate. Yeah, I'm becoming more compassionate. Like um, I look back over even when I first moved to Canada, which is about six years ago now. Um, and I there was like this these couple phrases that I would always say. I would actually say the words, I hate people. Like, I hate being around people. I don't like people, like, all these things. Wow, so you used to joke, ministry would be so easy if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> and if that, now, that's when I'm, no, disclaimer, that's when I'm very, very frustrated. And I obviously don't mean I care about the people yes. I minister to. Um, but there are just days when you're like, and I even said that when I worked in the grocery store, right? Like this job would be so much easier, easier if it wasn't for the people. people. Yeah. But if it wasn't for the people, there wouldn't be no job. So yeah, but honestly, like if like if I look back on who I was a couple years ago, I did not have a very strong heart for other people. Okay. Um, like all I really cared about was myself, my comfort, my this, my that, my mm-hmm. like everything in day to day was me. Um, and I've been noticing like without me having to think about it, this isn't, hasn't been something that I was like, I got to care about people more. It, like, it's just one of those things that God has changed my heart and given me a heart that when I see people in need or like, I just, I want to be there. I just want to go. <laughs> and it's really weird. Um, cause I never thought that was going to happen. Like even me being in ministry, um, a few years ago, or probably not even that long, but uh, Ben asked me, that's my fiance, by the way, guys. Uh, but Ben asked me, you know, have you considered, because I didn't know what I was going to do for yep. work and stuff. He's like, have you considered if God's going to call you to? And I was like, don't finish that sentence. Don't you dare. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and he and he laughed and he was like, it would be kind of ironic if the person who says that she hates people goes into ministry to care for people. <laughs> and God's like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally. Um so that's kind of a big thing that's changed uh, that I I, had, I didn't notice in my heart. I really just noticed from my behavior. And someone pointed it out to me and they're like, yeah, you never used to do all these things for other people. I'm like, yeah, and it didn't, I didn't start doing them because I thought, oh, I should do that. I just started doing them because I wanted to. Um, I also think that over the past couple of years, I've been kind of like back when I was 12, when I was confronted with all my sin, like I'm seeing it a lot more now. Um, I, yeah, I think um, the more we look at God and just learning more about him and who he is and the holiness of God, the more I'm confronted with my sin. So, I mean, you're actually growing as a Christian. 
Yeah. Um, that, that's part yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, if I just bring up when I got it here, the fruit of the spirit is love. You're loving people more. Yeah. Right. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you look back, even just the last couple of years, how much have you grown in those things? Yeah. Well, I always tell people, right, like when if someone ever brings it up to me about how I've changed, I tell them if it was from me, mm-hmm. none of it would have changed. Yeah. I mean, like, why, why would I want to take the attention off myself and what I want? Exactly. Right. Like it, it, there's no world where it's possible where the person I was would be this person today if I depended just by myself. Mm. It's just, it's not possible. I know enough about myself. I don't know myself completely, but I know enough about myself that the fact that I care for people and like I'm more joyous than I used to be, like like a word that was used to describe me as a teenager was miserable. Really? Yes. Hmm. Like my family knew me as a very miserable person. I wouldn't say that now. I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> Uh, not that I don't have my moments, right? But like, not, oh, yeah, not yeah. like it's not a consistent like attitude. Yeah, well, here comes Jasmine, right? Yeah, like, yeah exactly, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um, so just seeing that change, like, it really is not possible that it came from me. And that's my encouragement to people out there. Like, if you feel you're stuck in all these same things, just just seek Jesus. Like, right. it sounds really simple, and it sounds like it wouldn't be enough, but it really. It really is enough, and God changes you without you even realizing it often. No, he absolutely does, and you've been a Christian for 11 years. Yeah. Right? So it's taken 11 years to get for God. Not that you can't do it over time or, or in a moment, but mm-hmm. it's, it's taken 11 years for God to get you from who you were as a 12-year-old and being a very miserable teenager <laughs> yeah. to a joyous young adult right now who's about to get married. Mm-hmm. And... It just goes to show, again, like these things, when you read the Bible, it takes time. One, I mean, don't miss the years that pass in narrative and, you know, yeah. like, like the books of Acts or, you know, in First or Second Samuel, the years can pass on the page. These things take time. Like mm-hmm. God is not surprised by the fact that it takes human beings years to change, but he's working through those years. Yeah. Right. Um, so Jasmine, thank you so much for sharing our story. Sure. It was I, good, to, good to do this, actually. Yeah, I think it would be really helpful for people that listen to it. Um, so again, if you like this, reach out. Let us know you liked it. Reach out to Jasmine's um, if uh, anything from her story spoke to you. And uh, until then, catch us next time when you hear another one of these stories. You've been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is brought to you by Mile One Mission. If you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland and Labrador, visit www.mileonemission.ca.